the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, the application here is that when you look at someone and you look at their life from the outside, you can't always tell what's going on in them on the inside. Outwardly, uh, they, 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 they may appear to be one thing. They may appear to be strong. They may appear to have their act together. They may appear to be squared away. They may appear to be happy and carefree. And you'd never guess what's going on on the inside. You'd never guess what they're struggling with on the inside. Be kind for everyone that you meet is struggling with a battle that you know nothing about. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he shares with you that oftentimes what looks to be one thing on the outside can be something completely different on the inside. Pastor Dan explains that sometimes people can appear happy, strong, and fully healthy on the outside. However, on the inside, they could be battling obstacles that you would never think they battle. Treat everyone with kindness. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 15 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. About 10 years has passed since Abraham packed up his family and moved to Canaan. God had promised Abram great blessings. God had promised Abram and Sarah land. He'd promised children. But now 10 years have gone by. Abram is is now approximately 85 years old. His, His wife Sarah is about 75 years old, and they they still have no kids. Here it is. They they left Ur of the Chaldees on these promises. They left their homeland on all of these promises, promises that God made. But these promises have not come to pass for Abram. Abram was still waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled. And he's at a point now where his faith begins to falter a little bit. And I'd imagine for Abraham and Sarah, when they left Ur of the Chaldees with those promises from God, uh, that they were excited to see what God would do, to see how God's going to fulfill it, to see what God has in store for them. And they never thought 10 long years would pass like this. And they'd never thought they'd have 10 years of waiting with nothing happening. You know, David was another person in the Old Testament who received a promise from God and then had to wait a long time to see the fulfillment of that promise. If you are familiar with the story of David, David was anointed by the prophet Samuel to become king of 
Israel, but it was more than 10 years before David actually became the king of Israel. And not only did David have to wait a long time between his anointing and ascending to the throne of Israel, but during that whole waiting period, King Saul was hunting him and trying to kill him. And so for David, David's time of waiting was really like a decade-long trial for him, where he was you know, essentially on the run for his life for 10 years. So he, so he had a, a, not only a waiting period, but a 10-year-long uh, trial, decade-long trial. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like hearing the word trial and decade in the same sentence. I, I, I can handle, you know, trial and 10 minutes, right? That was the longest 10 minutes of my life waiting, right? For David, it was trial and decade. He's got this promise from God. The prophet Samuel anointed him. You're going to be the next king. And for 10 plus years, he's running for his life, waiting for the fulfillment of, of that promise, And what we see with Abraham here is sometimes there is a long period of waiting before we see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives. And just like Abraham, our faith can begin to falter as we're waiting on the Lord. As you look at the faith of Abraham and you look at the faith of Sarah, his wife, believing the promises of God and leaving their home on faith and trusting God and obeying him and just going out on faith, not knowing where God was calling them to go to, but just going out, trusting God. But now here they are 10 years down the road. They're 10 years older. They're still waiting on the promises of God to be fulfilled. And at this point in the journey, the excitement, it's all gone. The thrill is gone. The anticipation is, is gone. And just like Abraham, we can find ourselves in that kind of situation where we begin to ask questions. We begin to question God about the whole thing. Lord, I, Lord what, what about the promises you made? What about what you said when we were in Ur of the Chaldees? What about the blessings and the children and the land? What about all of that? God, can I have a status update? I left everything. It's been 10 years. What's going on? It's significant to note that here in chapter 15, for the first time, it is recorded that Abram spoke to God. Up to this point in Genesis, God spoke to Abram and Abram obeyed God without saying anything in response. Now Abram speaks. For the first time, Abram speaks to God and his, and his response to God is a question. He begins to question God about the promises that God made. You know, in in the life of faith that we're all trying to live, in the life of faith, the greater challenge is not the going out in faith. The greater challenge is the continuing in faith. And and, and, in many ways, going out in faith is easier because of all of the hopes and all of the expectations It's the continuing in faith. After you've waited for years and years and years for something to happen, and it's the continuing to trust, and it's continuing to believe the promises from God. He hasn't forgotten you. The continuing in faith is harder than the going out in faith. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. 
For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And we can grow weary waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled. We can grow weary. And some people even give up and decide, I'm just going to go back to Ur of the Chaldees. But here the Apostle Paul says, don't become weary and give up. You've got these promises from God in his word. Don't, don't, don't give up on those promises. God will come through at just the right time. So don't lose heart because God will never fail. In due season, you will reap. It's just not the due season. So don't lose heart. Don't give up. So now verse 1 here of chapter 15 begins by saying, after these things, which causes us to ask the question, after what things? Well, after the things recorded in chapter 14. If you remember chapter 14, pretty amazing chapter. In chapter 14, Abram or Abraham and his 318 men went to battle against these four powerful armies and they won. God, you know, miraculously gave them a victory on the battlefield. And so after these things, after that great victory, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. I want you to think about what Abraham just accomplished in chapter 14, with God's help, of course. But in chapter 14, he defeated these four powerful armies with only 318 men. Do you remember those four armies? How they, they'd conquered every kingdom they came to, just rolled right down into the land of Canaan. They even defeated the giants. Remember we talked about that? How they defeated the giants that dwelt in the land, just steamrolled right through them. They were no match at all. And, and Abraham takes 318 of his servants. They're not even soldiers, they're just servants. And he takes them and he pursues after these four armies and he finally catches up with them and he defeats them and wipes them out. And he gets this great victory. After reading chapter 14, if you were to describe Abraham with one word, what word might come to mind? How about brave? How about fearless? How about heroic? How about courageous? How about gutsy? But what does God say to Abram? Don't be afraid, Abram. I don't know about you, but verse 1 of chapter 15 leaves me kind of scratching my head. Afraid? Really? Abraham? Abraham's afraid? Abraham? I would, I would, I would, never, I would never guess. That Abraham was afraid. Not after what he did in chapter 14. I I would think Abraham fears no one. Abraham is fearless. But here God says to Abraham, don't be afraid. And the reason God says to Abraham, don't be afraid, is because Abraham was afraid. You know the old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. And that's true. When you look at Abraham, you would never think that Abraham was a guy who was struggling with fear. And you know, the application here is that when you look at someone and you look at their life from the outside, you can't always tell what's going on in them on the inside. 
outwardly, uh, they, 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 they may appear to be one thing. They may appear to be strong. They may appear to have their act together. They may appear to be squared away. They may appear to be happy and carefree. And you'd never guess what's going on on the inside. You'd never guess what they're struggling with on the inside. I mean, to me, I think that's one of the, the, the beautiful things about the body of Christ is to get to know people and get to hear their story, their, their story of redemption and how God has worked in their life and how God has, has transformed them and who they used to be and who they are now in Christ and this work that God has done in, in their life. But you can't always tell looking at someone what's going on on the inside. And sometimes you're even surprised to find out what they're really struggling with. On the outside, and you look at them, you think, oh, man, I, I would have never guessed that that's an issue for you. I would have never guessed that you're struggling with that. You, you look at Abraham, and it's a surprise. Abraham was struggling with fear of all things. That would be the last thing I would guess. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. About Abraham. You know, the most frequent statement of God to man in the Old Testament is do not fear. More than anything else, that's what God says to man. Do not fear. That tells us fear is a big issue for people. We all struggle with fear at times. And here we see God's remedy for fear in verse 1. God's remedy for fear is faith in him. God says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And I I don't want you to miss this. God's answer to Abraham's fear is God. He says, I'm your shield. I'm with you. I'll protect you. I'll defend you. God is our protector. God is our defender. God is a very present help in our time of trouble. And Abraham, I'm your exceedingly great reward. God is our reward. You know, we, I, you know, we, I, when we think of heaven, I think for some people, when they think of heaven, they think of streets paved with gold and pearly gates and the physical stuff. The reward of heaven is that God is there and that we get to be with God. We get to be with Jesus Christ, that where he is, there we may be also. God is our reward. For the believer, God is our reward. And here God says to Abraham, I'm your exceedingly great reward. Which, which again, it's, if this speaks of God's presence with Abraham. God is present with us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, right? God is saying to Abraham, I, I am with you. Always. I'm present with you. Always. You know, Jesus will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Lo, he is with us always, even to the end of the age. 
Whenever you're afraid, whenever you're anxious about something, remember that God will protect you, that God is your shield, God is with you, and God is your great reward. God is the answer. God is the answer to your fears. God is the answer to your needs. God is the answer to your struggles, whatever you're struggling with today that maybe nobody knows about. Again, maybe on the outside you got it all together, but on the inside you're falling apart. God is the answer. God is the answer that you're looking for. Whatever it is, God is the answer. The answer is found in Jesus Christ. That's who you need. That's who you need. You need Jesus. And Jesus invites us, right? He invites us to bring our troubles, to bring our burdens, to bring our cares to him. And he promised to take take those burdens from us. He invites us to cast our cares upon him. Because he cares for us. He, he, wants, he wants to be involved in our lives in such a way that he can take our fears and our burdens and our worries and our struggles from us. And he says, and I'll give you rest for your soul. I love that. Rest for your soul. And we all know what that's like to just feel uh, unrest in our soul. Unrest in our spirit. Unrest in our inner man. Anxious about things. And here Jesus says, you come to me with your burdens, with your worries, with your cares. I'll take them from you. I'll give you rest for your soul. I'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. That's what he offers us. So now Abraham raises his first question for God. And and again, this is the first time we see Abraham speak to God. And it's a question. He's got a series of questions in this chapter. But Abram said to God, and I think as I read it, you know, catch the tone of what he's saying here. But Abram said to God, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Now, Eliezer was Abraham's servant, and it was common practice in the ancient world to appoint one of your servants as your heir when you had no son, no child, no children. And that's what Abraham did at this point. He's 10 years into this. He doesn't have a child yet. He thought he'd have children. And so now at this point, he appoints Eliezer, his servant, to be his, his heir, Eliezer of Damascus. Since he didn't have a son, he makes Eliezer his heir. Eliezer was Abraham's chief assistant, his, his most trusted servant. He was like a son to Abraham. We're going to see Eliezer come up again in Abraham's life in the story. I mean, it's amusing to me that Abraham explains to God the reason he has appointed Eliezer to be his heir. It's because he's childless. And he goes as far as saying to God, you have given me no offspring. And so I have made him my heir. It's almost like Abraham is saying to God, God, you've given me no choice since you haven't come through on your promise to me. You haven't given me a child. And so I made Eliezer my heir because I don't have any children. You have to admire Abraham's boldness here. You have to admire his honesty with God. I mean, he he expresses, I think, his frustration over this unfulfilled promise. And we, we we can become frustrated, can't we? When things don't work out the way we thought they were going to work out and things don't go the way we thought they would go, we can become uh, frustrated, waiting on the Lord. And Abraham expresses his frustration here. 
I think it's important to know that God can take our honesty. We don't want to be irreverent with God. Or we don't want to be disrespectful. But he, he can take our honesty. We can express honest feelings to God. We can express our frustration, our disappointment. Whatever we're feeling. You know, in the Psalms it says in Psalm 62, Pour out your heart before Him. Pour out your heart before Him. He already knows what's in your heart. Pour out your heart before Him. Psalm 142 verse 2 says, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. You can tell God your, your complaints, your troubles, what's troubling you. Troubling you. you but do, and do it reverently, but you can pour out those feelings, those, those emotions to God. And that, that's what Abraham did. He's, you know, he he essentially says to God, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm childless. I don't have an heir. And so I guess Eliezer, my servant, will be my heir because you haven't given me a son. I thought I'd have a son by now. Back, you know, if you remember back in chapter 12, Lord, when I was still living in Ur of the Chaldees, you said you would make me into a great nation. I thought by that you meant that Sarah and I would have children. But I guess that's not what you meant. So I, I guess you're, you're going to do this through my servant, since I don't have any children like I thought I would have. Lord, this isn't what I expected. Lord, I thought things would go differently than this. Do you ever feel the way that Abraham feels in this passage? We all have. You feel, you know, let down. It doesn't meet your expectations. Thought things would be different. Didn't know it would go like this. Look at, look at God's response to Abraham. I'm reminded of what it says in the opening chapter of Isaiah, where God says, come, let's reason together. You know, God's not, a, God's not offended here by Abraham's frustration or his disappointment. Instead, verse 4, look at what he says. And behold, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Eliezer is not your heir, Abram. You will have a son who will come from your own body. He will be your heir. Abraham, you heard me correctly when I first called you. You weren't mistaken. You know, sometimes when we are waiting on the Lord to fulfill his promises to us and we're, we're, we're growing weary in the waiting and we're growing frustrated because things aren't happening yet, we, we can start to start to question ourselves and start to second guess ourselves. Well, maybe I didn't hear the Lord like I thought I did. Maybe I, maybe I misunderstood him. Maybe I got it wrong. I, I thought this is what he was telling me. And now I'm 10 years down the road and it's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken here. It reminds me of John the Baptist in the New Testament. You remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the one who came to prepare the way for the Lord, for the coming Messiah. And he was preaching out there in the desert and he was calling people to repent and be baptized. He said, because the day of the Lord's a day. The Messiah is coming. And John the Baptist is, is the one who pointed at Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He announced the Messiah's arrival. And, Jesus, and John knew that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. John said that God spoke to him and told him that Jesus is the, the one. And John saw the Holy Spirit descend and rest upon Jesus Christ at his baptism. And John heard the voice from heaven saying, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. John was certain 
He was fully convinced that Jesus is and was the Messiah. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.